0: Don't trust a mirror that only tells you how wonderful you look. Matshona Liwayo. I am your host, Nag Loki Shivanath, and you are listening to The Door in the Looking Glass. Welcome back to uh, The Door in the Looking Glass. Uh, I've got another episode scheduled uh, coming up this Wednesday as sort of a, hey, we're back on track. I explained things a little bit more there, but suffice to say, I had to take a little bit longer break than planned. But uh, we're coming back, we're going back to our regular schedule, and I want to do this short bonus episode uh, because of this uh, fascinating article that I was reading. Uh, and the article itself is 12 Gruesome Items Used in Occult and Black Magic Rituals. And uh, as anyone who knows me knows, I'm a particular fan of more macabre styles of magic. Uh, as a necromancer and as an gori I am... Very, very fascinated with uh, the dead, death, and any magic related to these things. So, uh, I'm scrolling through this article, and there's there's at least two things on this article that I really resonate with. But um, unfortunately, I don't own an example of either of these at this time. But uh, you know how things align. Anyways, I wanted to uh, spotlight these items as a, a sort of a teaser, give you an idea of the things that really fascinate me. Um, as, as a necromancer and as an occultist. Um, the first one on the list is the Kumon Thong, or the Golden Boy. It is, uh, it is a piece of Thai necromancy. Traditionally, it's a mummified fetus. Yes, you heard me correctly. An unborn baby that has been mummified and is used for magic. Because the idea is that the the spirit of the the child is captured in this mummified body, and then they are kept for protection and uh, other magical purposes. Um, The idea is that uh, the spirit within will see any incoming danger and warn the, um, the keeper of Anything that's going on, and particularly skilled necromancers and magicians can call upon this spirit of the Kumanthong to accomplish tasks. Um, and there, there, you don't, if you want one of these, you don't have to, to spend the potentially thousands on an actual mummified baby. They make versions out of wood and brass and, and all sorts of things that you can acquire. Um, Of course, there are strict rules with keeping them, which you should probably learn if you're gonna keep one I'm not gonna go into them here because this is just like a quick thing But uh, they're fascinating. I want one. I almost got one a few years back from a former friend Um, Never ended up getting it Kind of glad now all things considered Uh, and I still might get one in the future But uh, so that's the first item on the list the second item is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, it's called the Hand of Glory. Now, I've talked about these before uh, in my previous podcast, in blog posts I've done, in posts on my Facebook group, on my page. I am enthralled by the idea of the Hand of Glory, and there are uh, there are different versions, but they're all fairly similar. The idea is that. Uh, you take the severed left hand of a hanged murderer and then you, you, you pickle the hand through a specific you know, blend of, of, of items which realistically are just a pickling solution uh, and you render a, a candle from the fat of the hanged man and you place this candle in the palm and uh, you light the candle. And there are different things that are attributed to the Hand of Glory. Um, The most common is that while burning the candle, the holder is invisible. Uh, Some other ones are that uh, if a thief breaks into a house and lights the Hand of Glory, everyone else will fall into a deep sleep and not wake up until the candle is extinguished, which can only be done coincidentally by goat's milk. You can't just pinch the flame out. And... Uh, it's also said that if you light the candle, it will only give light to the one who holds the hand. Uh, so I am I am fascinated by the hand of glory, but uh, do you have any idea how hard it is to get a hold of the left hand of a hanged man? Like, almost impossible. You have to about go out and hang the man yourself, and that's a crime that we do not hear at the door in the looking glass endorse or uh, otherwise promote. However, if, you know, you should happen to come across a hanged man, if you will cut his left hand off and send it to me, I will be eternally grateful and will make sure there is financial compensation. Um, interestingly enough, there is said to be one on display in a museum in uh, Europe somewhere, I think in England, I can't remember the exact place, but uh, it's believed that it's the last traditional hand of glory in existence. Moving on, we get a little less macabre as we go, depending on how you look at it. Um, the third item on the list is the Grigri bag. Um, this is not particularly macabre in and of itself, uh, until you look at the fact that a lot of traditional formula for particularly powerful Grigri bags uh, will call on Things like uh, graveyard dirt, human remains, etc., etc. I personally have made a few uh, that use human bone. Uh, but I mean, that's not that fascinating. So moving forward, uh, the burial shroud is the next thing on this list, item number four. Which, again, in and of itself isn't that bad. Uh, the idea is, you know, I, I, think, I think this was a thing back before coffins were common, but after mummification kind of died out, they would just wrap the body up and then put it in the ground or put it in a tomb or whatever. And I, I think they did use some kind of enclosure. I'm not sure the, the reason a burial shroud was considered necessary, but whatever. But the idea is that uh, you can make green-green bags out of the grave shroud, and you know, the longer it's been in the ground, the stronger it is and that sort of thing. Um... Item number five on this list is Dove's blood. Uh, Dove's blood is frequently used as an ink or an incense or whatever It's usually used in love magic Uh, And yeah, it's it's a a little little dark, but uh, a lot of the times what you see these days Dove's blood ink is not that dissimilar from Dragon's blood ink or bat's blood ink. It's not blood at all. It's just a specific blend of resins and herbs and, and, you know, ink solution, essentially, to create a red ink that's charged for a purpose. So, let's see. Item number six gets back into things that I find fascinating. Um, item number six is a binding tablet, or a moy. Um, and I, I've, I've also talked at length about these. In fact, my wife and I made one a few years back together that worked uh, almost immediately. It's fantastic. I don't make these often because they're very time-intensive and very labor-intensive, and they're just easier ways to accomplish what I'm going for. But if I want to get really theatrical with it, yeah, I'll, I'll make one every now and then. The idea is that they are these, these tablets made of clay or lead or stone, that uh, are carved with a curse, or a prayer, or something like that, and depending on what they're made of, you know, they're thrown into a well, or broken at a crossroads, or buried in a graveyard, or or what have you, and the idea is that your binding tablet, your Katadesmoi, is essentially being created as a letter to the gods, essentially saying, yo, I don't like this person, I need you to fuck him up and then it's it's sent off in whatever way it's done. Ours, we broke, or we tried to break it a crossroad. It actually fell on the way to the crossroad and broke in the street. Um, still enacted immediately. It was fantastic. Uh, moving forward, I, I think we're on item number seven. Uh, voodoo dolls, or puppets. Mm, I mean, it pushes the line of macabre. Uh, you know, because they do often contain personal effects like hair, blood, semen, clothes, bone, whatever. Um, but the idea behind a voodoo doll or a poppet is the idea of sympathetic magic. You make something like a, a person, and then whatever is done to that, per- that doll is done to that person. Um, these are used for everything from healing to harming. Uh, and this is where the idea of the pen comes from. I, I know the modern uh, image is you stick something, you know you stick a poppet with a pin and the person feels a little prick. But usually what actually happens is you will take an herb or a petition or something and pin it to the person. I think we're up to number eight, uh, which they got a little lazy here and just put human hair. Ah, you know? That can get a little dark, I suppose, depending on how you use it. Um, There's some magic where hair is mixed into things. There's some magic where the hair is used itself as a talisman. Um, I personally have performed binding spells using the hair of the person in question. Um, But I I personally consider this more of an ingredient than an artifact or whatever. What are we on? Nine? I think we're on nine. Uh... Number nine is Graveyard Dust. Um, exactly what it sounds like. It's it's dirt gathered from a graveyard, properly paid for. Um, and Graveyard Dirt does have some, some great uses to it. Graveyard Dirt, you know, you can get it from like, let's say, the grave of a soldier if you're wanting to do combat magic. You can get it from the grave of a lawyer if you're wanting help with legal work. You can get it from the grave of, you know, a married couple that was married for like 60 years for love work, and you see where I'm going with this. The idea is that wherever you take the dirt from, you've got that that essence with you. Moving up to item number 10. Thanks what we're on. Uh, bones. Well, anyone who knows me knows that's a fact. Um, I personally keep several bones of both human and non-human origin. Um, human's my favorite call it personal taste, I guess, I don't know. But uh, I, I personally keep two human skulls, I've got two femurs, I've got a wand made out of a femur, uh, I've got some pieces of a skull, I've got a couple bowls made out of skulls, I, I've got, I got bones. And then i got a pile of non-human bones I'll use for all sorts of things. Um, but bones are usually, again, like hair, used as ingredients rather than the artifact itself. But any bones will do, but you want to try and get the bones that are aligned with your purpose. Uh, for instance, if you are, let's say, wanting to do a binding spell on someone, you might get snake bones. If you are wanting to perform, like, hot foot magic, or any magic that wants to make someone move in a direction or other, you might use foot bones. Uh um, you know, if you're trying to get someone to talk, a jawbone is great. Item number 11 on this list uh, is dried bat parts. Um, now, I personally have never, uh, well, I can't say never, have very rarely used bat parts uh, in, in my work. Um, the closest I've come to that is I am currently in the creation process of a, a personal use relic, that uh, the bat skull is the centerpiece. Um, and I used a bat skull in my own necromancy mala. You know, but uh, beyond that, I really don't use a lot of bat parts, but uh, apparently they're they're often attributed to, to have certain healing qualities, as well as certain baneful qualities. Not my thing. Mainly because if I'm going to use parts, I... Go with human, but whatever. Uh, The last item on this list is urine or pee pee. Now, personally, again, I don't often use uh, pee pee in my magic. I I have before, you know, no shame. Uh, But it's usually used in baneful workings when you want to uh, sour someone's life in a way or another. Uh, But you got to be careful when mixing ingredients for things like jars. Because, you know, urine contains ammonia, ammonia and bleach together create mustard gas, and that's just not a thing you want in your temple. Uh, so those are, those are 12 macabre occult artifacts, quote unquote. Uh, still gotta say, my favorite's the Hand of Glory, all-time all favorite. Uh, so, w- What's yours? Is it on this list? Is it not? You know, let me know. Drop a comment on a page somewhere. Send me an email. Uh, and if yours is, uh, if yours is something that really fascinates me, then I might do a whole episode on it. And see if I can't dig up a little bit more information for you. So thank you all for listening. Tune in on Wednesday to catch the uh, first official episode of season two. And uh, yeah, I'll see you there. This has been The Door in the Looking Glass. I am your host, Nog Loki Shivanath. Uh, If you like what you hear, press subscribe, like, share, you know, whatever you've got on your device there. Tell your friends. uh, And if you'd like to share your thoughts with us or, you know, give us suggestions or just say hi, you can find us on Facebook, Nog Loki Shivanath. N-A-A-G-L-O-K-I-S-H-I-V-A-N-A-T-H Or you can send me an email at naglokishivanoth at gmail.com You can also join us on Facebook at our group for magic and mysticism called The Thorny Path, Magic and Spellcraft. And don't forget, new episodes come out every two weeks. Thank you all, and I will see you on the next one.